0: Success stories and interviews with game changers and thought leaders who have overcome both in life and in business. Welcome to Vertical Momentum. Welcome to another episode of Vertical Momentum. I am your host, Richard Kaufman, also known as The Comeback Coach. Guys, you know, whenever I have anybody on the show, they're game changers and thought leaders. And a gentleman that I'm going to have on has been on my show three times. He's the only three times guests I've ever had. But first, I'd like to thank our sponsors. As you guys know, the guys that sponsor my show 100% of the times, all the time. So I'd like to thank Ginger and David of Really Designs. They make all my t-shirts. They make all my swag. And it's all American made, made by hand. And they do everything themselves. So if you love swag, definitely check out Ginger and David at Really Designs. And I'll drop the link. And guys, if you're a business owner, you're going to want to get a piece of paper and, and a pen and you're going to want to write some of this stuff down because my brother Patrick is about to drop some serious knowledge, especially about marketing, SEO, anything to do with business. Patrick, my brother, how are oh, you?
1: Boy, man, I'm I'm doing good. I'm feeling good. Um, I, as you know, today's my birthday. Uh, <laughs>
0: Yeah, so, you actually took time to hang out with me on your birthday. So that's like a birthday oh, of course, gift, for me. man.
1: Of course, of course. I mean, you're you're probably one of the. Uh, uh, I was actually telling somebody about you the other day, and I'm like, man, this this guy is. It, it's ridiculous how selfless this guy is, and how. Um, I mean, how you just help other people, and, and I, I just I look up to you in that aspect. And yeah, man, I'm always happy to be on any of your shows. Any way I can help you out, I'm always down.
0: Well, like I said, you know, we're going to want to let people know a little bit about you about your, you know, your background, your military service. And then, because a lot of people, you know, they want to know the man behind the calculator or the computer. So For tell sure. us a bit about you. Tell us a little bit about where you're from and what kind of little kid were you, was little Patrick?
1: Oh boy. Well, Patrick was a, uh, that was a nightmare. Um, <laughs> but, uh. Let's see. So, yeah, with what I'm uh, – where, where do you even start? So I guess I'll go ahead and start. Uh, I, I grew up in uh, Houston, Texas. I'm actually a third-generation Marine. Um, I mean, I enlisted straight out of high school. I mean, it was like the day after graduation I went to go swearing. So uh, I kind of grew up knowing that I would joined, um, as I said, third-generation, uh, which is was, which was really interesting. Uh, after I graduated boot camp, of course, all three of us were sitting around and, uh, it was like, oh yeah, in boot camp. I did this and I did that. And then of course, you know, it went from like, you know, me telling my father and my father's like, oh, that's nothing. And then of course my grandfather being a Vietnam vet was like, yeah, they just used to like beat the heck out of us. So I'm like, yeah, you can't do that no more. But
0: <laughs> so now what, um, you know, were you good in, in grade school? Were you good in high school? Were you a good athlete? In, or were you good in school?
1: Like in school, um, believe it or not, I was actually extremely introverted. I was the type of kid that, uh, I was in ROTC, or uh, but outside of that, um, I was fairly average in my grades. I didn't like school. Uh, I played, like, World of Warcraft and D&D, um, so I was, like, I had my clique that I hung out with, with like, the nerds and all, but, eh, like... I'd say things didn't necessarily take off for me being
0: social until after high school. High school was like, ugh. So now tell me your, you know, because I love everybody's recruiting story, because everybody has a different recruiting story. So talk to me about the day you walked into the recruit. Oh, boy. So um,
1: because it it was funny because, like, again, I knew that, like, I'm joining the Marines, like, it's going to happen. And so uh, I walked in I'm like hey this is what I want to do now I was a fairly scrawny kid um and I mean I couldn't get on the pull-up bar I couldn't like I couldn't do a pull-up I couldn't you know I I didn't do the crunches like I couldn't do any of that but I'm like hey I'll do whatever I gotta do and it was funny because the recruiter like so in recruiting school they teach you from what I know like okay you gotta you know build rapport find common ground with the you know with the the recruit um and like my recruiter kept trying to talk about like guns and this that and the other and like I just was I was all about like Warcraft and like Lord of the Rings and so he actually did research about Lord of the Rings <laughs> to have conversations with me to try and build that rapport but but yeah I was I was I walked in there and I was like yeah I'm, I'm down to go so uh and from what he told me I was a I can't remember the word he used, but I was basically a saving grace. Like I was the, I was the one that made him hit his quota that month. So,
0: but, um, So he didn't really have to work too hard to get you.
1: Oh, no, not at all. Like I was, I was down, down from the get go. And yeah, the, so, the only hard part was really just getting the physical part down.
0: So what was it like getting to basic training? You know, cause I had the opposite problem. See, I grew up, up North, and mm. I had, I was around a bunch of Southerners and I was totally lost. So what was it <laughs> like, you know, going to base and training you know, a kid from, you know, from Houston and trying to, you know, in- integrate with all these new people from all of the world?
1: It was interesting. Like, um, most, because everybody from like, I think it's what the, the West of, uh, is it the Mississippi River or? It's, it's, I think it's the Mississippi River. It's like everybody west of the Mississippi River goes to uh, San Diego and east goes to Paris Island. So it was mainly a lot of Southerners um, and like California kids and stuff like that. It wasn't that big of a culture shock. Now, after boot camp, whenever I got into my schooling, that was weird because I was encountering people from like the North and like the the East coast, which I've never talked to before. And like, just the, the differences was, it was very interesting.
0: Yeah. We're, we're people on the East coast were totally different people. And we, you know, a lot of people like from the New York and New Jersey, they use the F word, like everybody, like other oh, people, yeah. like hello and hi, you know, <laughs> So now uh, when you graduated, uh, where was your first duty station?
1: So first duty station, um, I went to Mississippi. Uh, Mississippi was – I was on an Air Force base, which was spoiling. Uh, (laughs) That definitely spoiled me. Um, Nothing too crazy happened there. I mean, I I broke my arm. I had to get held back a little bit, Um, and uh, that was actually – interesting because that was my first that was my first encounter with I'd say self-discipline in my life where I had to really push myself and hold myself to a higher standard which I'll be honest I kind of failed at um and the main reason why I say that is so because I got held back and I was still in school like I already graduated but I couldn't go to my station because I was on med hold And so I had to hang around with the kid, like the the Marines that were getting like either separated out or they failed out of their school or like, that's the type of people that I was around with. And that brings me to one of the principles that I learned very early on was you are who you surround yourself with. And so uh, now I didn't know that at the time. And so I kind of went into this whole, you know, I'm like, I say down in the dumps, but it was like, I started slipping, you know? Um, And, uh, but after that, I was there for about a year. um, And then I went to Japan and I finally hit the fleet. Um, And it's weird because that was what, like a year and a half into my service, I finally hit the fleet and able to like do my job. And then immediately they're like, Hey, we need somebody to go to the armory. And then – so I was in the armory for six months. So I didn't actually get to do my job until like two to two and a half years into my service. Um, and then, of course, by that time, I forgot everything. Like <laughs> like it was kind of bad. Um,
0: now, you did, did – you, did you deploy at all?
1: No, I did not. Uh, I, I like to say that I was a turbo-pogue. So what I did was I was uh, a radio calibrations technician. Um, so I worked on me specifically, I worked on radios, but, uh, in my job, in my MOS, what we would do is we'd work on like torque wrenches, weight scales, pressure gauges, and basically make sure that things read how they need to read. So if you put a hundred pounds on a scale, it reads a hundred pounds. And so we would adjust everything and make sure that everything is, uh, I believe it's metrology is the, the, the science behind everything
0: now you did 5 years almost to the day in the yes. course. so what you know what was your transitioning out you know because like a lot of people that i've talked to now i've talked to hundreds of people mm-hmm. uh, they a lot of them have the same issues when they get out number one is they lose the camaraderie right uh, number two is you know we get we're all hoo hooah, but we get used to getting paid on the 1st and the 15th Mm-hmm. Get used to getting BAQ, all that good stuff, and then we just don't have a a mission anymore, right? So, what was your transitioning like, out? Um, it it was a very unique
1: transition, I would say, uh, because I I know all those problems. I'm familiar with all those problems. Um, but whenever I would say whenever I was over in Japan, I got connected with a friend, uh, that was. A, a young millionaire, a millionaire, like go-getter hustler type. Right. And, and I mean, he was, you know, I'd see him on like Facebook and I'm like, man, this dude's on like private jets. Like, What does this guy do? You know? So I reached out to him and I got started with business and hit uh, with him. Um. And so whenever it was time for me to come out, like we already had a business in motion. We were already doing all this stuff. And I was, now I'm not going to lie. I was arrogant as hell. And I was, Uh, Like, oh, I'm going to get out, and I'm going to be a millionaire, and I'm going to do all this stuff. So I was, like, not worried, Um, which I feel like is very common for a lot of people transitioning out, is they're like, oh, everything will be fine. And then, of course, you actually get out, and it's a whole different world.
0: Um, (laughs) You know, know, because like I say, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. Oh, yeah, I got got beat. (laughs) So now, were you starting business while you were in the Marine Corps? So, yeah,
1: whenever I was active, um, I started learning sales. Um, And and, and this is a whole nother kind of conversation, but we always talked about being partners, but I never signed anything on paper, which is a red flag, which I didn't know about because I was naive. But uh, he would have me do the sales. And so like, I learned business principles. I learned how to talk to people. I learned how to manage customers. I learned what is value? What is a service? Like, how do you do this stuff? And I learned all that while I was active duty. So like whenever I was, uh, my last duty station was in Barstow, which, um, funny story about that. Uh, you never skip the chain of command Whenever you're talking to somebody, because I accidentally got that whole base removed as an option for my MOS um, by talking to the wrong people. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a bit of a, a weird situation because the, civ- the civilians never let us really do our job. And so I'm like, I ran into a lieutenant colonel um, who was my CO in school. And I was like, Oh, hey, what's up, sir? You know, and we started talking and he's like, How's Barstow? And I'm like, Oh, well, the civilians don't let us do their job. And I started telling him about this stuff, thinking that he'd say, Oh, well, I'm gonna to talk to the civilians and make the Marines do their job, but instead he's like, All right, well, we're just gonna shut that base down for MO- that MOS and send everybody everywhere. So like <laughs> I, I was I was a little bit
0: hated for a little bit. Yeah, I was just uh, saying you, you were not it, exactly the most loved person Yeah, I wasn't
1: really the most loved person like we had like three people get sent to Japan and like legit, it was wild. But um, interesting story for sure. But uh, yeah, while I was active, um, like in breaks, uh, in my off time, I would be making calls. I would be uh, reaching out to customers. And I mean, we started doing um, like helping people get Instagram and Twitter followers. like personal brands and small businesses and then whenever we got out or whenever i got out i i we kind of transitioned it to okay we need to do more of an online presence and this was like 2017 and it was around that time that i a lot of businesses really started realizing like hey i gotta start popping up online um and it was through, like, building, getting people on Google and getting people on Yelp and, and, like, a Facebook page that I really started learning, like, hey, this stuff is called SEO. Um, and, like, there's a, there's a whole thing about it. And, uh, but, yeah, to answer your question, I mean, I was, like, oh, it's child time. Let me go make out, a, like, let me go make a call. Like. It was, it was super rough doing that. Okay.
0: So now, first, then we're going to get into something. You know, I had you on my show, I think, maybe July, August of 2020. Mm-hmm. Thing was going great. And then all of a sudden, I see a post in the Vettrepreneur tribe or success engineers, maybe both. Mm-hmm. The, the proverbial shit hit the fan. Oh, yeah. And you kind of went, you know, went dark for a little while. Not too yeah. dark, but, you know, you kind of were like, all right, I'm going to take a break for for a couple of minutes. You know, I want to, you know, reset and do a reset. So, mm-hmm. you know, talk to us because, you know, I got burned in business. And like I oh, said, yeah. it, but this is not downing anybody. So I'm not, I'm not calling anybody out. Oh, no, but, for sure. Know, just talking in general. Um, um, the things we should do, you know, because I was with my, you know, my friend. We were together 10 years, 11 years. And you know, eventually, I thought I was going to be a partner, and that mm-hmm. it didn't work out that way. But a lot of it because I was presuming a lot. Right. So, talk to us about <laughs> not making presumptions.
1: Yeah. So, a, a little backstory as to what actually happened. Um, pretty much that exact same thing. Like I was like we were buddies in high school and, and we were working together and now I was the one running the company the company was his on paper legally everything um but I was the one making the calls I was the one getting the sales I was the one managing the uh the customers doing the work handling the problem like all of that I was doing all that um and I presumed because he would tell me Uh, and of course there's a lot more behind it, but he would always tell me, he's like, Hey, we need to hit these numbers. And and like, like we can start hiring people and, you know, we can do, here's a percent. And I'm like, Oh, hell yeah. You know, let's keep going. So I went to extreme links, uh, and I'm talking like over since I got out, like I'd say a week after I got out, I drove home, um, I spent, like, two days with my mom. Then I drove down to Houston. And, it, like, every day from, like, 7 to 10, I would work out of a Starbucks. And that was for, like, two years. Um, I didn't have a personal life. I didn't do anything. I didn't, I didn't go have fun. I didn't spend my money. Um, and then I went uh, – I moved out of my parents' Uh, I moved in with a girl actually, and um, that was a little weird, but same thing, you know, uh, work constantly. And then I left that girl, moved back with my parents, same thing, work. Then I moved in with a a friend, same thing, work, 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 work. And I finally got to a point to where I moved into like a high rise. Um, And it was like, that was my first ever apartment that I ever owned. So that spoiled me for sure. But uh, everything was going super good. I mean, I brought that company myself from like zero to 55 grand a month, you know, recurring revenue, um, really good stuff. And um, the political climate got a little weird. Sales stopped, started dropping and basically uh, I wasn't getting paid the proper way, which I didn't necessarily know about. And, and that kind of brings me to my first thing is it's – you have to talk in, in, to other people in your industry and, and look at other things because if you put on the blinders and you're like, you only believe what, let's say, your partner or your work is telling you, which is like mistake number one that I did because I cut off literally everybody except for this guy, and he was the sole influence in my life for, I'd say, three years. Um and everything else I didn't take as credible because of kind of what he told me. Uh, there, there's a lot of, like, psychological craziness going on. But um, there were so many presumptions that I made of, like, oh, yeah, like, just because he told me this, that, and the other, like, this is going to happen, and, and this is how it's going to go. And so, I mean, that that brings me to one thing that I learned is get things in writing. Um. <laughs> If, if you don't have things in writing, if you don't have goals in writing, you don't have ownership, you don't have tasks, you don't have like, there. there's nothing that can be done because I mean, one people forget things and, 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 and it's not even like people maliciously forget things and then change things up against you. But it's like, people just forget. And so you know, one day your tasks can be this, this, and this, and then, you know, two, three months later, a problem arises. And then, hey, why didn't you handle that? It's like, well, I didn't even know that that was my issue, you know? Um, get things in writing, because that removes even the possibility of, you can't make presumptions, you can't make assumptions, you, you can't do anything of that. Um, what does it say about uh, assuming, and it makes an ass of you and me, you know? <laughs>
0: Like, I went through and it cost me a lot of money uh, Mm -hmm. with a family member and contracts. And I didn't, I just signed a contract without reading it. And it cost me a a boatload of money. But it was, but it was, (laughs) it it was the biggest teaching tool that, Mm -hmm. you know, and thank God that I've now I learn how to read contracts because, like, right before me and my wife were going for her divorce they try to slip some stuff in there right as we're walking into the chamber. And I'm like, uh, uh, no, no. <laughs> now, did you forget something? <laughs> Hello. But it's yeah. Amazing how, you know, unfortunately, you know, like you had to get your ass kicked a little bit and, mm-hmm. but for you to, you know, then you had to reboot and, and start your own business. So mm. now talk to us about starting your own business, how it was, You know, because the kind of person that, you know, like we've known each other for years. You're right. You're always providing value. You're always building relationships. So was that one of your saving graces that you had a lot of great relationships?
1: Oh, it was it was absolutely huge. And and funny enough, um, I'm not going to say it's mine entirely. Um, However, I'm doing things the right way and I'm going up the right chains in order to get things, you know, par per partnership type stuff. But because of my relationships, because of my uh, value that I give, I had so much attention that whenever I actually made that post and said, "Hey, I'm no longer with this company, um, I uh, like I had people offering me jobs They're like, Patrick, I've, I've seen you work. like you do crazy things like I want you, you know. Um, and uh, I actually had my, my eyes set, on um where i'm at currently which is a company uh, connected funnels and via the, the owner I'm, I'm good friends with um and we've we've been friends for a while and i knew that he's a he's a good guy and basically he saw that that happened and he's like look um i'll take care of you come over here uh bring all of your knowledge over and like we can literally set things up from the ground up and i I came over, um, helped him kind of revamp the company, uh, brought over all my knowledge, all my experience. And, um, yeah, I mean, now we're, we're doing like, I'm basically had to start from ground zero again, but I'm already moving, um, with so much speed, you know? Um, and yeah, but yeah, those relationships are huge.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, if it wasn't for you, um, I would not be where I am today, even though I'm nowhere great, you know, uh, compared to some other people that I'm shooting for, like Jocko Will. you know, he's number one and I'm only number eight. So I I got a lot of work to do, but without you, I wouldn't have, you know, thought about putting a Google, my business. Um, Oh yeah. I would not, I wouldn't thought of some of the things that you've taught me. um, And, you know, hiding, like using the whole, you know, birthday thing on Facebook, to mm-hmm. that that it actually, it actually like I was telling somebody the other day that you know that ha- they have a feature called upcoming birthdays. Mm-hmm. And if you go and say, if I send a person a message, happy birthday, their stuff our, my stuff starts getting seen on their feed automatically, and mm-hmm. a lot of people don't use that. You know, I mean it's not, it's great. You know, to, to get keep in touch with everybody and wish people a happy birthday. But it's also it's a tool that they can use that if you don't know about it, you know, you don't really know. You don't know what you don't know. Right.
1: And uh, yes, especially with like stuff like that, there's so many little tidbits in the algorithms that you can use. Like, for example, I follow I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she's on TikTok and um, she teaches not social media marketing and so it's not necessarily like for businesses but she teaches how the algorithms work she teaches how the artificial intelligence works and how these things work on a very intricate level and she'll to prove a point she started a new tiktok and within like three days she had like a hundred thousand followers and she would break things down into like a psychological principle and, and how the mechanics work so Literally, she would talk about, like, she did a whole video on the colors of your background <clears throat> and how different colors can get you more views because, you know, a light blue, a pretty color can get more attention than, let's say, a harsh dark or a, a harsh red. And same thing with, like, it's proven that if you have a dog in a video, you get more likes. Like, um, how on, like, TikTok and in these other programs, and platforms if you ever do a video and you're talking make sure that you subtitle it Um, because the algorithms will scan the actual video and read the subtitles and then give like if let's say in your subtitles you're talking about dogs um, it will give that information or it'll grab that information it will push you in front of more people that like dogs Um, and so like there's all types of little things and just like you said with the birthdays like there's all these little aspects that go into the algorithm and into the, the the features of these platforms that you can leverage to not only keep in touch with people, but
0: grow a reach and grow your audience. Now, you know, like I said, you know, we you know we're involved in a couple of groups together, mm-hmm. um, Success Engineers, um, Entrepreneur Tribe, and I, I'll talk right. about that later. But talk to us about you know. Because you know, a lot of people like when they hear SEO, it it's it is complicated in a way, mm-hmm. but in a way, it's a lot of it is like common sense, and you break it down, Barney style, especially for people like me. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like talking about you know, you know, long tail long tail words. You know, mm-hmm. and I never really put two and two together. You know, like if I'm, if I put out a, you know, a post about, you know, like our, our, this video, when it goes out, have, you know, some long tail SEO, but also some short tail. Mm
1: -hmm. But
0: I never thought about what somebody else is looking up and what I look up. I never thought it being the same thing. You know what I mean?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, SEO is very interesting because there's, I think it's last time I checked, there's like 200 or so factors for like, let's say local SEO. Um, and there's just so many different things. And, and one of the best things that I could tell people is start by putting yourself in your customer's shoes. And I know that's something that business owners hear all the time. It's like put yourself in your customer's shoes. But it's like really think, you know, hey, if I had this problem, what would I look for? What would I search for? What would I What would I pick? And you have to... the the hardest part about it is you have to be unbiased because you can't say like, Oh, well I look pretty because it's me. You know, like you have to really ask yourself these questions. And whenever you start asking yourself these questions, then it comes down to like, okay, cool. Um, what do I have to do? I have to pop up in these searches and there's all types of things such as like long tail keywords. And like, I'm not gonna lie. SEO can be more of a rabbit hole than the frickin' matrix. Right. But (laughs) Um, but for the basic business owner, like if you're, Hey, I'm, I'm a tire shop and I'm trying to cater to, you know, 10 square miles, whatever it may be. All you really got to focus on is just building an online presence and being out there because Google, um, Google breaks things down into all of these factors and, and there's different types of SEO, what we call white hat, gray hat and black hat. So Of course, Google wants you to focus on the user. And so if you always focus on just being out there and writing good stuff and giving value to your user, you will always rank. You will always pop up. It just might take longer. And then, of course, you have people that do like Black Hat stuff where they try to game the game. And to a certain extent, you kind of have to, but it's whenever you try and like – you find an exploit in the algorithm. It's like, oh, if I talk about cats, I'm going to rank higher, even though you sell tires. You know, It's stuff like that that you want to watch out for. Um, but mainly just focus on being out there, talking about what you do, and giving value to people. Because one of the, the, the biggest updates is there's like the hummingbird. I think it's a hummingbird where Google scans all the content you put out. And they can tell if you're fluffing it with keywords and they can tell if it makes sense for a person to read versus a computer. And so if you do everything you do with the end user in mind, you'll never go wrong.
0: You know, and I love that, you know, kind of like like my podcast, a lot of it's about, you know, self develop self-improvement, mm-hmm. but. A lot of you know, they'll tell you, you know, like I said stuff that you've taught me, and I'm I'm always listening and whatever you whatever post you put out, I'm following. So um <laughs> you know, that if you talk about it, you know, whatever's, you know, in your headline, make sure mm-hmm. that it's in your that you guys are actually talking about it in the interview. So the they're mm-hmm. coming up in the interview and also in the headline and then in also in not the bio, but in the bot, the context of, you know, the right. but a lot of people don't realize that. And I didn't realize it. And I'm like, you know, that really makes a, a, a lot, a, a lot, of sense. <laughs> but if you don't think about it, you know, you're like, oh, right. You know? So what is, so, you know, and I also something I've really learned and I didn't, and I've been really, because now I started, you know, you told me to start a new vertical momentum podcast mm-hmm. uh, for Google, your business. Now, if like, if I put an update in there, um, I hear crickets, but if I post a picture, all of a sudden, like, like I got a thing, said your picture was seen like 2,500 times. It's right. Amazing how something as simple as posting a picture, Google will push it out. But if you put an update, you hear crickets. You know what I
1: mean? Yeah. It's pretty interesting. I mean, because now I'm not going to lie with your type of business. It's very interesting. Not a lot of podcasts have, let's say Google my businesses, but at the end of the day, it's one of those things where it's like, Hey, if I can get reach on anything, I can get reach, you know, it's like for an average business, you know, for them to be on, let's say Pinterest, like some businesses have no business being on Pinterest, but if it works and if they can get reach and they have the time and it's not like a lot of involvement for them. It's like, screw it. Why not? You know, all you need is a click that leads to a call that leads to a sale or whatever it may be a listen, you know? So wherever it comes from doesn't really matter as long as it happens. Um, but yeah, like with stuff like that, Google loves content and a big thing also is Google loves consistency. So a lot of people will get on Google, and and here's kind of the funny thing. People will get on Google and then they'll do all this stuff once and they'll never touch it again. And then they'll be like, "Why am I not popping up?" And it's like, because Google cares about consistently using their platform. They want you to constantly do more. Um, a, a good thing to to remember is if like there's no such thing as a free service at the end of the day. If you're using something for free, like you it's like you're the product, you know? Um, and that's how it is with Google. And that's how it is with Facebook, too. It's like you are the product.'re you're, you're the actual thing that they're building everything around. It's not so that you can go on Facebook and post. That's not what Facebook's for. Facebook's for data. Facebook's so that they could get your data and, and sell it to advertisers and and they could build all these platforms around that. And it's the same thing with Google. So Google wants you to constantly use their platform, and the more you use their platform to a certain degree, I mean there's point of diminishing returns, but the more you use their platform, the more you engage on their platform, the higher they, they kind of reward you and make you rank a little bit more. Um, and so that's that's why that happens, um, because a picture content is, is higher than text or if you change a phone number or like little updates
0: like that. Okay. now I have a lot of questions because, you know, now we're going to get into business and a lot of people are going to listen to this about, um, you know, a lot of people have in the past, I'm not saying now because things change, you know, mm-hmm. they've bought followers on Instagram or, cool. you know, and all of a sudden, you know, they they have like say a hundred thousand followers because they bought a lot mm-hmm. of them. And they put out a post and they get three reactions. Um, right. And so, you know, a lot of, and because they're only getting that three reaction, the money that they spent to get those followers, they're not being seen anymore by Instagram. Right. Right.
1: Right. So buying followers is, is actually like one of the worst things that you can do because uh, it, one Most of those followers that you buy are literally fake. Like they're just fake accounts and they will never engage. They will never do anything. It just bumps that follow number up. Um, And it's very easy to spot somebody that bought followers because if you look at their account, they have a a million followers. I typically say it's like the rule of 10. Um, So if you have uh, a million people following you, um, it should be 10% of that million, which is what, uh, is a, a uh, hundred, yeah, hundred thousand. So I think better math, uh, a hundred thousand uh, people will actually see that post. And then out of a hundred thousand that actually see the post, um, 10% of that will actually engage on it, um, or, or, or do something, comment, like whatever it may be. And now this is not always true, but it's like, it's a good ratio that I kind of judge, so if I see somebody with, like, 100,000 followers and they're, they're getting, like, 10 likes, it's like, okay, something's up, you know, um, because it, it just shows that, like, hey, these aren't actual real people because the people that it's showing to are fake accounts. And, of course, if you really dive into it, you can see just by looking at their follower list, like, yeah, this this is fake, that's fake, that's fake. But buying followers is just absolutely terrible. What it does is it skews the algorithm um, that people don't engage. And, and, and what I mean by skewing the algorithm is if you have, let's say Instagram followers, Instagram looks at your followers and, and it tracks that data. Like I mentioned, like this is all about data tracking and it'll track the data of what they do, how they engage with it. But if they don't actually have any data, then Instagram looks at all of the people that are following you. And is like, there's no data here. And so they can't use anything to push you in front of new people. So it completely skews things. You can start reaching like random people that have no interest in what you're doing. And I mean, I've seen entire accounts just die because of that um, or get shadow banned or I mean, all types of issues. Uh, and it's the same thing with like backlinks. Um, so. People buy backlinks off, like, Fiverr, and what they'll do is they'll go spend, like, $200 and buy, like, a 1,000 backlinks for their website, and basically how this looks at Google is Google looks at your website and be like, oh, yeah, overnight you just got a 1,000 backlinks. Well, that's BS for one, and two, all these backlinks are just trash, so it, it actually does way more
0: harm than good. Way more harm than good. Okay, so now I have another question because I got permanently banned from TikTok. um, (laughs) Permanently because I was posting stuff about veteran suicide and Mm. I guess they were not happy with that. So they permanently banned me. So now I heard, you know, I've been messing around with Instagram reels. Now, and because, you know, sometimes you have to play around and you know, to figure out if this shit is real, if it's fake. Right. Right. So like, you know, like if I put out a post, I'll usually get 20, 30 likes, but you know, I did an Instagram reel yesterday and like 2,500 people seen it. So yeah. talk to us about, and I, I found out, you know, cause I, you said, you know, you have to educate yourself. You have to work on your business mm-hmm. and in your business that right. like if I have an, a regular Instagram account, um, only the and I, I post something, only the people that are following me can see that. But if you put it on Reels, it opens up so it opens up to a lot bigger audience. So can you right talk about that a little bit?
1: yes yeah, So um, from from how I understand Reels is Instagram's. Uh, basically reaction to tiktok and the the whole premise of it is it's to show so think of like your instagram story and you just scroll but instead of people that you're following it's people that you might not know and so like that's the cool thing about tiktok is it's like okay yeah and tiktok you have the people that you're following but you also have people it's like oh i've never known who this person was But they're suggested to you based on the algorithm, based on the content itself. So um, that's like I mentioned whenever doing the TikTok stuff. If you do, um, let's see, if you do a video talking about dogs, then TikTok will show you to people that do not know who you are but like dogs. And so that's why you can reach a stupid amount of people right now. And at the same time, the algorithms are super new. So there's all types of exploits. There's all types of ways that you can kind of game it um, and not necessarily have consequences from that, but just reach a ridiculous amount of people is because it's so new. and, and, And that's what it's kind of designed to do is to put you in front and introduce people to your content that don't know who you are.
0: Okay. So now talk to us about, because I hear some people say you're only supposed to use five hashtags. Some people say you can use up to 30 or, mm-hmm. or if you use too much, um, they'll actually punish you for using too many hashtags. What is, mm-hmm. what is the real deal?
1: Now I typically, um, I'll be honest, hashtags in Instagram, I know it's changed since last time I really dove into it, but what I looked at you can use up to 30, um, you know, you, you, you have the maximum. Um, and I typically tell people like, Hey, I would use the maximum. Um, but you, you got to break it down. Um, because the misconception is a lot of people say, Oh, well, I'm going to use 30 hashtags. And I'm going to get in all 30 hashtags. And it doesn't really work that way. So I'll tell people again, you have to put yourself in customer shoes, but, um, focus on like, I'd say like, 10 generic hashtags, five hashtags that are like really high traffic. So if let's say you do, um, you know, you focus on like veterans, you know, hashtag veterans, hashtag military, like they're going to be super high traffic and the chances of you actually being on there and like somebody scrolling are going to be very low because they have so much content, but it's better to do that. And then you have some of the more specific ones um and like long tail so it's kind of like seo where you have like your long tail ones and your short tail and you have to do research into them to break down okay is this just so much high traffic it's not even worth getting into or you know is this so low traffic that nobody even searches for it and there's all types of tools for that but yeah hashtags i look at kind of like seo and again at the end of the day you really have to look at what people are searching for. Um, and what I'll tell people is don't describe what you're posting about. So like, if let's say I post a, uh, my car, I have a yellow Mercedes. I wouldn't post about like yellow car or, you know, like I wouldn't describe the picture. I would type in hashtags that people would look at. So Hashtag Mercedes. People look for that. Hashtag AMG. People look for that. Um, Hashtag fast cars. Hashtag burnout. You know, like stuff like that. Um, And that way you can position everything to what people actually type in and not what you think would be cool to pop up in. Does that make Uh, sense?
0: Oh, I love it. Okay. So now – Talk to us you now. What are some of the biggest mistakes people make? Now, I, I love that the, um, that checklist. I think that that's one of the most amazing things you've ever done. Oh yeah! And I um, they actually saved it, um, and now um, I'm actually going through it and making sure that I'm doing whatever <laughs> whatever you tell me to do. But what are some of the biggest mistakes that new business owners make? <clears throat> as far I as I think SEO. Uh,
1: For sure. I think some of the biggest mistakes that people make are going to be more on the set it and forget it type mentality. Um, I see that all the time. Uh, So I'm going to do a a little bit of a shameless plug. But um, so as I said, I, I handle, like I focus on getting businesses online so that they can be found, trusted, and chosen over competition by people specifically looking for what they offer. And I mean- we do this for like 249 a month, right? Like nothing wild, nothing crazy. And we go and we manage Google and Yelp and Bing and Manta and Yahoo. And that's kind of the the biggest thing I see people mess up on is like they'll build a Facebook page and then they never use it. Or like they'll build a Facebook page, the 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 page is super generic. It has like the logo isn't even filled in, the hours aren't there. They don't have their products there, they don't have their services there. The address is missing. Like Things like that. And people will then look at, okay, I'm on Facebook. Now let me go pay for ads. It's like, no, you're not there yet. Um, you need a good foundation because not only is online presence like your branding, but it's your visibility. I mean it, it helps with conversions. It's your image. And so I think the biggest mistake is that right there is people will like – let's say get on Google. Uh, they fill it out a little bit. They never touch it consistently, and then they say, well, I guess I got to pay for ads now, um, and then they, they kind of just skip steps, and, and and skipping the foundation, I think, is the absolute biggest thing because the funny thing that I see about it is, like, so many people skip those steps that the people that actually put in the time and the effort to do those steps, uh, like, they – yes, it takes time, but, I mean, they, they just – Climb through the ranks. I mean, they just they just start destroying everybody over time. Um, and I'm actually going to be making another checklist here soon. I just got to finish it on uh, website SEO, and it's going to go through like the metadata. What well, you know, what do you got to do? Like, what are the key, the biggest things? Like your page speed or your images too big? Is your your site updated? Like stuff like that. But but yeah, I, I'd say that's really the biggest mistake people make is they just they do the bare minimum on it like they'll get on google they'll get on facebook and instagram uh they might get on yelp uh, don't pay for yelp by the way it's terrible but um and then they then they're like okay now let's do paid advertising and it's like no you're you're not there yet if you build out more of a foundation and then you do paid advertising not only do you have to spend less but you're going to have higher conversions because you look better And you have two full avenues in motion, not just one, because if you build a business based around paid traffic, you're marrying your success to the fact that you're paying for that traffic. And if anything happens, like an ad campaign switches, the audience targeting changes up. Um, You can't even do that audience anymore. Your ad account gets shut down like you're screwed. (laughs) I mean – I've seen, I've seen businesses that will build around Home Advisor in the trades, and then Home Advisor will give you a string of bad leads, and it's like, yeah, um I'm out seven hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, and I have zero revenue coming in for the next three weeks. Like I'm freaking panicking, you know? So focus on organic, shake hands, be found, be visible. And then start doing paid stuff.
0: No, like I found, uh, I, I've done Facebook campaigns um, and I've boosted <laughs> and I found mm. out I'd get much better results when I boost a post than when I do an ad campaign. Okay. You know, but um, everybody is, you know, has different results, but you know, right. Like, like when we went we went to the Mick MIC conference, you know, mm-hmm. the M I C conference um and was it 2019 yeah i think so and i had you know we got to hang out with mr dennis Yu, you know and he was talking about you know sometimes even if you're spending a dollar a day is a lot you can get a much bigger reach spending a dollar a day than some of these companies that are spending hundreds of dollars a month oh yeah just by boosting some of your your content so what are your thoughts on that uh, so I typically break down first things first. Boosting
1: and ads are are different, and I like to you know anybody that's listening, you have to know that.
0: Yep. That's um, why
1: you're here. Yeah. <laughs> so boosting a post is really it, it's you're not able you don't have a full um, toolkit to use. I suppose like let's say you boost a post and it's like hey I have a podcast coming on today on the twenty first. You know you you put some money behind it and shows it to to different people. And, um, you can have kind of a general audience for that and stuff like that for a paid ad. This is where, um, you kind of have to do some research and know what you're doing and have like a funnel and a plan because for a paid ad, you could do targeting, you could do different steps. Okay. Where do these people go? What do they see? Is there pictures? Is there multiple products? Like, do they go to a landing page? Do they input information? I mean, and you have to plan things several out, uh, several steps out, in order to get it functioning the right way. And you have to test it. Like, I'll tell people with a boost. Typically, if you're going to do a boost, do it low budget, do it consistently, but count that money as going into brand awareness and visibility, and not like trying to get sales
0: from it. If that makes sense. Nope. Yep. And I um, put this out there. If there's anybody. Because I made the mistake when I first started doing this and I did an ad and it was pay-per-click. And all of a sudden my website got like five thousand viewers and then I got a huge bill for like eight hundred dollars. So do not <laughs> make oh oh god. You know, make sure that you're paying attention to whatever you're doing and do not click the wrong button. So I just wanted I... to throw throw that out there.
1: Oh man, I uh, I ran into somebody. I think this was two years ago, and I felt so bad because like at the time, like I wasn't able to walk her through it, and like it was a whole shenanigan things. But it was like her and her husband, uh, were working this company together, and they they she got started with an ad campaign, and like something happened to her husband. I don't know if they were like getting a divorce or like he was sick or something but like she couldn't figure out how to turn the ads off and like I sent her the guides I'm like hey you got to do this that and the other and it was something on like I don't have access to it and so she was just getting billed like and it was like $800 a month like it was a lot of money you know and it, it was just draining and it was just draining and I'm like oh my god but yeah, you got to you got to watch things because and and it all happened because she thought she was doing she like set it up to where it was a budget, but she set it up to be like open ended or something. Yep. And it just didn't stop. <laughs>
0: yep. And it just kept going
1: and I'm like, "Oh my gosh."
0: Yep. So now last two questions, um how do we find you? Where can we now where can we start working with you? Um, you know, if we want you to come help our businesses, be, uh, so how do we find you? How do we find your business?
1: For sure. So, um, easiest ways to find me is going to be on social media. Uh, just about all of my, my, uh, my tags and usernames are going to be at P-T-R-K-B-U-R-T. Um, the, uh, the company I'm working with is connectedfunnels.com. And I mean, we do everything from ads to SEO to, I mean, we're a full service. So web design, whatever it is. Um, but finding me, um, I typically tell people like, Hey, you can, you can just message me on Facebook in my message requests. I check them always. Uh, and if you just need help, like, Hey, Patrick, you know, I don't even know what I need. Where should I start? I'm always down to help for free. You know, Hey, let's hop on a quick call. I'll pass you over some, you know, game plan step-by-step. Um, especially if it's a business I've worked with. And I mean, I've been doing this for, you know, almost a little over half a decade and I've worked with like 1300 plus businesses in various industries. So chances are, I could say, oh yeah, I've worked with that before. This is what I saw worked. Um, I picked up these tricks from other industries that can apply to you. Like, uh, yeah, Facebook's super easy.
0: Um, anywhere really. Okay. So now the last question I have, um we live in a crazy world, you know, uh, we got covid and we got parents that are homeschooling kids, and we're trying to work two jobs and get food on the table. So if I ask the average person to do something in seven days they're they're not likely to get to it. but if I right. ask somebody to take an actionable step in the next twenty four hours, they're more likely to do it so For sure. if somebody's struggling with you know getting their business out there getting their business known, what is something they can do in the next 24 hours to start to right the ship? So uh,
1: I would actually say that checklist that I made, and you can, you know, you can pop that into the podcast if there's a way to do that, some way like that. But um, <clears throat> if, if, if in 24 hours, you're like, all right, what can I start to look at? First things first, look over Google My Business. Make sure that everything is filled out. Um, you have all of your attributes. you have your services listed. You have all the categories are there. You have all the pictures filled out. The pictures have descriptions. I mean, there's there's always something to do on Google my business. And if even if you have that laid out, next step is, okay, let's be consistent with posting. Let me add some new pictures. Let me, you know, let me respond to reviews. If I've already responded to reviews, you can edit responses and, Whenever you respond, make sure you pop in your keywords. So instead of saying, hey, thanks for the five star review, go in and say, thanks, John, for stopping by uh, Patrick's Pizzeria here in Houston, Texas. Um, I'd be happy to see you stop by again, you know? Um, so make sure that Google is, is consistently being improved upon because that's, that's so big. Uh, from there, You want to make sure the same things with all of your Instagram or your social profiles that you're using. So they're fully filled out. They have all the information. Uh, they're, um, they're, you don't have to necessarily be consistent and have common misconceptions. I got to post every day. No, you you really don't like, depending on what you do, you could probably get away with once every other day and it doesn't have to be anything fancy, but so have things filled out. That's, that's number one. Um, once you have the basics filled out, then start building new things. Hey, I'm not on Apple apps. Uh, I'm not on Bing places. You know, I need to start filling this stuff out. Um, and, it, and it's not hard. It just, it takes some time. And it's one of those things that if you do it, you have to stay up with it. And, and that's typically where people fall off. And if I'm being honest, that's typically why people hire me is because we have teams and systems that can watch all this stuff, measure it, grow it. You know, adjust it if you need be, because the last thing you want to do is if you got to change a phone number, go hunt down everything that you had the old phone number when. I mean it. It sucks, <laughs> but we do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you had twenty four hours, I'd say I'd say start there. Focus on the foundational things, and look at just what's not filled out, what it hasn't been touched in a while. Um, once you get the foundation there. Then start moving up into like, okay, consistent actions, social media content, Google posts, you know, what consistent things can I do? And for content, I suggest laying out and planning ahead. It's just so much better because the problem that a lot of businesses have is not, I don't have time to post. I mean, let's face it. Posting takes 30 seconds. You know, it's, I don't have the time to sit down and think of what to post, and so what I recommend is just get a notebook or a notepad, and anytime you get an idea. And it doesn't have to be anything fancy. Like if you're a pizza shop, literally just post a video of you spinning a pizza or making a pizza. I mean like little things like that. You don't have to be dominoes. You, know? you don't have to have a, a crazy thing to post. I mean… Especially if you're a mom and pop business, like now more than ever, people want a mom and pop business show that you're a mom and pop business, but foundation, consistent content. And then from there, that's, that's when I say you start getting into the in-depth optimizations and like, okay, how can we squeeze more out of what we have, but you don't want to try and squeeze more out of what you have whenever you don't even have, you know, a full lemon to squeeze, if that makes sense.
0: I love that. So, guys, definitely check out my brother, Patrick. Check out what he's doing. Follow him. He's everywhere. He's on, you know, you see he's all over Vetrepreneur Tribe. He's all over Success Engineers with our friend, Dr. Robert Garcia. He's everywhere. Guys, I want to thank our sponsor for today. Without you guys, I would not be here. So, if you guys love swag, Ginger and David make some amazing swag. They have a great company designs and they will design everything for you American made 100% Patrick brother thank you so much Um, I'm so grateful for your friendship for all all these years Mm. appreciate you
1: oh man happy to be on here and, and, and definitely like I'm not gonna lie you've some of the stuff that you post about it's it's inspiring because like I know your story I know what you do and it's like as I said in the beginning, man, you're you're one of the most selfless people I've ever met.
0: <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you, brother. Well, God bless you and have a beautiful week, man. Crush it. There we go.
1: There we go. Same to you, man. All right. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.